Rethink Retail, the evolution of retail in today's connected world. Welcome to the Rethink Retail Show, your source for the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. Join host Paul Lewis, CMO at Valtech, a global digital agency focused on strategy and transformation in retail, as he explores the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. This episode of Rethink Retail, sponsored by Valtech, where experiences are engineered. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Paul Lewis, and today's guest is Veronica Sansev. Veronica is a well-known retail and e-commerce expert who holds an MBA from Wharton. She is a Forbes contributor and has interviewed on NPR, Wall Street Journal, TechCrunch, and now on Rethink Retail. So, Veronica, tell me a little bit about your background and current role leading the retail practice at Chameleon Collective. First of all, Paul, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. So I've been in the retail industry for years and have had the opportunity to work with some of the largest retailers in the world. Today, I lead the retail practice for Chameleon Collective. Chameleon Collective is a growth and innovation consultancy. Our retail practice has two parts. We work with B2C retailers as well as B2B technology vendors. The B2C part of our retail practice focuses on marketing and e-commerce operations primarily as well as, as innovation work. And the B2B part of our business focuses on marketing and business development for the technology companies that are trying to get into um, and, and work with retailers. Awesome. Well, it sounds like a very diverse practice. I also know you're deeply involved with the Commerce Next Summit that's coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about what Commerce Next is and, and when that'll be? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking about that. So Commerce Next is a conference that's taking place in New York City on July 25th and 26th. Our focus is on customer acquisition for for retail and e-commerce. And we think the reason why we founded this conference is because we think that marketing is key for success in in retail and e-commerce. There are a lot of conferences out there that focus on technology and disruption and omni-channel, but we think that one of the factors that is going to determine the success or failure of retail e-commerce companies is their ability to be able to successfully and effectively acquire customers, and we created a forum for an executive conversation around that topic. Awesome. Yeah, I I think that uh, customer acquisition in, in the modern age is a more complex and involved topic than it ever has been before, and you know, there's probably no area that's been more affected recently than the brick and mortar stores. How do you see the the state of the current retail industry and how that ties back into brick and mortar? So that's a great question. Um, I think the whole retail industry is transforming right before our eyes. It's kind of great. I've I've been working on it for a while and I've been seeing it evolve and you, you see it most prominently in the physical stores. You know, there's been tens of thousands of stores that have closed over the last um, five years. Just just last year alone, we had 6,700 store closures, stores being, in this case, doors. So a lot of these came from large chains that closed a number of doors all at the same time. Um, last year, we had the biggest number of closures um, ever in history in the U.S. And, and there's two reasons why that's happened. You know, part of it is the digitization of retail. So more and more 
of the purchases are moving online. But part of it is that the U.S. is overstored. You know, one of the interesting statistics that I read is that the U.S. has twice as many stores, um, twice as many square feet of retail space per person than the next country, which is Australia. And we have five times um, the square feet of retail per person than, than Europe. So it's pretty amazing that we've managed to keep so many doors open for so long. I think as more and more moves into e-commerce, it's just shifting consumer spending and behavior. Um, the other interesting thing that's happening with stores, because you can buy so conveniently online, because delivery is so quick, um, because the selection is almost infinite, you know, if, if, if a consumer is going to go into a store, I think it's important for retailers to have to give them a reason to be there, whether that reason is is to service a product that they have, to try on something, to be able to touch and feel and learn in a more um, tactile way about the products. You know, it has to be, that experience has to be first and foremost. And I think, you know, if you look at the history of stores, their primary function was selling products. And part of that was experiencing them, but ultimately they were the place where you get the products. Now that you can get products with a click of a mouse or a swipe of a finger, you know, it's really, um, they really have to be more creative about how they're engaging with customers. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting about this it, space is in addition to the fact that, you know, you're seeing store closures from large retailers like Toys R Us and Claire's and I mean, so many companies have, have announced bankruptcies in recent years. At the same time, you're seeing digital first retailers open up stores. And part of that is, you know, it's not that stores are bad. Stores are a key part of the marketing mix. But I think one of the challenges and opportunities at the same time is to rethink what a store is and how it plays into the whole experience. Um, and that's what I think the industry is going through right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I... I love how you highlight it's so important to create an experience, whether that is online, you know, where there is, of course, just with a click of a mouse, so much competition of where you can go, you know, to buy products, um, or whether it's in the store, you have to create a reason that's, that gets people out from behind the computer and want to come into the store. There has to be added value and there has to be an experience that um, the consumers enjoy. Yeah, and retailers are doing some really the, the the smart ones, the ones who understand this and are getting ahead of the game, are doing some really interesting things. You know, you you see stores like Ulta who have you know provide beauty services in store. You have DSW doing shoe repair and pedicures and manicures, which makes total sense. Um, you know, you see Nordstrom basically providing alterations and and try on experiences. So you're it's definitely resonating with people, and you see a lot of really great examples of retailers that are embracing it. But right now, I think those are still in the minority and more and more are starting to think through and, and reimagine what that experience is in this, in this new digital first world. No, that makes sense. And, you know, as you, you mentioned, there are these opportunities to really change the in-store experience and to make it exceptional. What, what do you think are some of the top challenges that retailers face as well as what are the opportunities where they could really grab market share now? Let's start with the challenges. I think the most obvious one is the fact that 
you know, e-commerce and more importantly, um, Amazon, which is by far the biggest player in the e-commerce space, is really changing how consumers shop. So you're seeing category by category more and more transactions happening online. And and so that is, is shifting, that shopping behavior is shifting, and that creates challenges for people who've traditionally been set up to sell products through stores and 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 retailers are adapting and learning from that process. The the other thing is what I mentioned before, the fact that we're overstored and our footprint, so our retail footprint is so vast, there needs to be a right sizing. And um and the way that we're shopping is also changing. You're seeing more and more shopping that's happening through shopping centers, through like conveniently near your home and less through malls. It's as consumers are spending less time or less of their free time um, in malls compared to how they used to shop. So I think those are some of the underlying challenges. Now, there's a ton of opportunities for retailers that are willing to innovate and really um, invest in, in technology. I think one of the key areas of, of opportunity is personalization. Now, we've been talking about personalization for a long time. And I always, you know, when I bring up personalization, I kind of smile because it's it's not a binary thing. It's not like you have personalization or you don't have personalization. It's something that is an ever-evolving challenge or opportunity to take on. So you may start with website personalization. Um, then you need to do marketing personalization, both in terms of how you acquire customers and how you do retention marketing. And and as technology gets better and things get more and more automated, you start moving towards more narrow segments of personalization. So maybe at first you're personalizing towards very broad segments like gender, interest, you know, family, single, those kinds of things. Over time, you're personalizing it to that individual specific interest. And, and that's all coming. And, and I think retailers are constantly trying to get better and better at it. So it's, it's, it's still very much relevant for them. Um, unified commerce or what we used to call omni-channel commerce. I think that's a huge opportunity. We've been talking about omni-channel also for a really long time, but if you really think about it, besides implementing buy online, pick up and store, there's not a lot that has been um, done that has really moved the needle when it comes to unified commerce. And I think part of the challenge, and, and few people are doing it really well, Aldo is actually um, made some huge strides when it comes to unified commerce and finding ways to connect the online and in-store experiences um, in, a, in an organic way that then lets the customer have a better experience and for, for a company like Aldo, lets them see how their customers are interacting with them across all of the different channels that they're servicing them. So, for example, you know, one of the things that they're doing is, is um, when you're in store, you can use the Aldo app and you can request your shoe size right there. So you just scan the shoe, request a size, they come and bring it to you. Um, you can, of course, go to a salesperson, but you can also service yourself. They're letting you save things for then, you know, so that you can then pick them up in store and try them on. If you're in store and you're trying on a shoe, but you're not sure if you want to make the purchase, they let you favorite it so you can go and buy it when you're home. All of these things are ways that they're starting to connect the user experience, but they're not doing it in a scary, creepy way. They're doing it all from the perspective of how do I make it better for my consumer to have an experience that really services what they need. 
And at the same time, they're collecting an, an, a tremendous amount of information about how their consumers are, are shopping with them across all these platforms. Um, another big opportunity is consumer experience. I think <laughs> all of Amazon, first and foremost, has a great consumer experience. But all of these digital first companies like Glossier, Stitch Fix, Warby Parker, they're all innovating and really perfecting that consumer experience. And then that's starting to become the new normal. So it's everything from, you know, how easy is it for you to check out of my site to, you know, how easy, easy is it for me to track my package, to process a return or exchange, to ask questions, all of those things play into the consumer experience equation. And the best retailers are, are thinking about all the different ways they can optimize it because it's not just about the sale. It's about that net promoter score. It's about that referral that the customer is going to give you um, because you've delighted and exceeded their expectations. Um, and I would say the fourth area that is, is really important is loyalty. Part of loyalty is delivering on a great consumer experience, but um, loyalty also is, is about you know, what is going to give con the consumer a reason to come back. So um, obviously, if they have a great experience, they're going to come back. But how else are you keeping that relationship alive? How do you stay top of mind? If you're a beauty company, you know, are there beauty tips that you can offer your consumers based on the products that they bought that keep you in their in top of mind? Are there ways that you can engage with your consumers that um, make them feel like they're part of a community, make them feel like they're being heard, make them feel like they're being serviced? I mean, that's those are those are all part of driving loyalty as well as things like points and promotion that encourage frequent purchases from the retailer. That makes sense. A lot of the things that you've mentioned, personalization, you know, omnichannel, improving the, the user experience, loyalty programs are things that we've been talking about for a while, but they really seem to be getting to that next level of adoption now. And I wonder if the reason for that is that uh, the brands, the marketers, were struggling to put together those solutions. They didn't really completely understand how to use them, how to do them effectively, um, or if it was that the technology to stitch all of that together was a little bit kludgy in the past, and we finally got that you know, running like a well-oiled machine now, and so it's possible to do it. Or was it that consumers really weren't ready or on board or appreciative of those features yet, and we've just become more sophisticated as consumers, or is it a combination of all three of those things? What do you think is driving the current adoption of, of all those areas you mentioned? I actually think consumers are, are ahead of the curve. Like, the consumers are ready. <laughs> they, when you survey consumers, they want more personalized experiences. They want them personalized in-store in addition to online. Um, they want, of course, they want great customer experience. Who doesn't um, want to be delighted by the, by the retailers that, they, that service them? There's great technology out there, but I always am kind of hesitant because there's no out-of-the-box solution. Even a quote-unquote out-of-the-box solution needs to be customized and managed, and someone has to look at the results and tweak it. Because in the end, you know, AI is great, but, but you need a human to kind of make a decision, train, and configure the solution to some extent. Um, so the technology's gotten much better, and, it, and there's less need for bespoke solutions. And I think there's vendors out there that can really um, help retailers and e-commerce companies accomplish 
personalization, loyalty, con consumer experiences, all of those things can omni-channel. Um, there are vendors that make it much easier for them. So who's doing this right? Who is really doing a good job of staying relevant and keeping up with these trends and capitalizing on, on these kinds of opportunities or agilely reacting to the challenges? So there, there are a lot of people who are doing it right. Um, I, some, some great examples that come to mind for me are Nike. Um, I think they're, it's amazing. To, I think what Nike's done is pretty amazing. They're one of the few brands that really has a direct, to, uh, a direct consumer relationship. And they've been really smart about how they built it. So um, Nike has apps that are relevant to almost every customer segment they serve. So for example, they have the Nike Running Plus, um, Nike Plus Run Club app for runners. So the people who use that app, um, they know what time they run. They know what the weather is at that time because they know where they are. They're, that app not only has um, tracks their time and their speed, it tracks their route. So they have all of this information. And then they use that to market to those consumers. So if they've been running a lot, they might suggest a new pair of sneakers. If they're running at night, they might suggest clothes with reflectors. Um, so they're, they're taking that information and they're using it for marketing. Nike also knows that they have the casual customer who is more like a sneakerhead, collects sneakers, is really into the fashion side of that market. And they have the sneaker stash app, which, which is really cool. It's, um, it's essentially gamifying these limited edition release of sneakers. So for you to be able to get access to the limited edition sneakers that are coming out, you have to be at a certain physical place to unlock that um, opportunity to purchase them. And so they're getting crazy adoption of this app, and it's also then now giving them a way to segment and market and develop direct relationships with these sneakerheads who are buying a lot of sneakers <laughs> at high prices, standing in long lines, very, very loyal customers. So they, I think, you know, thinking about these ways of like, how can I service my consumer, but at the same time, um, collect information about them so that I can better market and service to them down the road. That's, that's really key. And I think Nike crushes it from that perspective. From a consumer experience perspective, I would say Nest, um, like just, we, we just bought a beach home and we're outfitting it with all of the smart home stuff. And, you know, when you, when you install Nest, you scan a QR code, you configure it. They have all the steps and videos and everything like right in the app, super, super easy they, the website provides all the information you need, very good FAQs. Um, they, they built a network of pros to help install their product. All of their products talk to each other. I don't know how much you've done smart home stuff, but I've, we've, we've installed other providers for things like light bulbs and locks. And wow, it's like a dramatic difference in, in the experience. So much easier with it with the way that Nest sets it up. But I think that's the standard. Like when you've used Nest, every, everything else seems so complicated. Um, and I would say from a store perspective, I think stores are super important um, as part of the equation, even though their role is changing. You know, I, I would say Ulta, all, you know, the way that they've been able to grow their big box footprint, their store sales um, quarter over quarter, year over year, continue to grow. Part of that's because they offer services. People have a reason to go to Ulta. They can get a haircut, a facial, in addition to the fact that they have an incredibly comprehensive selection of products available there. So the fact that they're combining this experience with shopping 
is is a huge win for them, and it's it's showing up in their results every every quarter. So some of the takeaways I hear is it's important to know your audience, to personalize like Nike is doing, whether it's their uh, sneaker aficionados or whether it's the general public, that there's different experiences and um, ways of connecting. Uh, it's important to make whatever those experiences are very easy. Look at what Nest is doing to, to really set the bar on ease of uh, setting up and, and using their products and then carrying that across your brand, whether that is online or in-store, like Ulta setting up really these great in-store experiences. What do you think are some of the big technology impacts? Obviously, you know, technology is moving at a frenetic pace these days. And, um, and, and each, uh, you know, technology wave, you know, begets another wave after it. What, what are some of the big things that are impacting the industry now when you're working with, with retailers today? We talked about personalization, I, so I, I, I want to kind of put that one aside. I would say some, some of the other things that are really important. Um, so first of all, AI are, is making retailers' jobs easier and harder at the same time. So a lot of the functions, whether it's you know personalization and segmenting your customer base or whether it is um, actually optimizing your media campaigns, a lot of that can be done using AI but it's creating a learning curve for people who are not used to necessarily um, leveraging that technology, a learning curve to making sure the technology has the right assets it needs, for example, if you're using it to market a, a campaign. Um, so I think that's something you see. And, and, and sometimes it almost feels like an arms race. So like whatever is, is great this year is like becomes a new normal next year to something else that's great. And so part of it, I think the challenge for retailers is, is is to keep up with all these technologies and to see you know how they're evolving and to figure out which ones they should test and which ones they shouldn't. Um, I would say another thing that is is pretty um, creating a pretty dramatic shift in the industry is logistics. And logistics is not sexy. <laughs> it's, it's it's the back of the house, but the consumer side of it means that they can get their products faster. They know if their products are in the store before they get there. They, um, it, it's, it's, it's so, if it's done right, it can really dramatically improve the customer experience. And I think one of the things that we're seeing, again, you know, like anything Amazon does today becomes a new normal tomorrow. So Amazon introduced two-day shipping. Now, if you have a product that, has to, that you have to wait more than two days for, you're just kind of baffled by why it's taking so long to get there. And then with Amazon Now and Google Express, you can get products even same day. All of these things, it's only going to get faster. It's only going to get more on demand. And so I think, you know, retailers have to be prepared for that. They have to be ready to service those customers based on those expectations. No, that makes that makes sense. It is a challenge. And I imagine that um, it's one of the reasons that retailers are changing uh, some of their team members and why they're working with, you know, external partners to help them uh, understand and adopt this very fast pace of change and, and get the right technologies in, in place. Absolutely. I mean, they're retrofitting their warehouses to, to accommodate some of these things. What about flipping this around, though? We've been talking a lot about retailers and what they need to do. Um, what are some of the trends you've noticed in consumers? What, what the, You mentioned how they are almost leading the way in their expectations of the retail industry. So, I mean, I, I think what you're seeing 
the best retailers do is react to those consumer expectations. And so a lot of the things we talked about, you're just going to look at it from the flip side. So for example, consumer experience. You know, Amazon keeps raising the bar for consumer experience time and time again, and then that becomes the new normal. So, you know, they want free shipping. They want free returns. They want their products to come fast. Those are all behaviors that Amazon has trained us to want because we get that with them. They also really want things personalized to them. Um, so, I mean, this is partially why personalization is such a big, important priority for retail. When you survey consumers, they want that they want the retailer to offer them products that are relevant to them. You are not going to get a pass for sending a sale that has every single product that it, to a customer. They're going to want, if they only buy women's products, they don't want to see the men's products. They want the offers personalized to them. But one of the things we've also heard is that they also want that experience personalized in store. So if, if a consumer has looked at a certain product online, has done the research, they walk in a store, they want you to have that product. They want you to know that they want that product. They want you to help them. They want you to be educated about, about the benefits of the product. Like there's nothing more frustrating for consumers then they do all this research online and they come in to kind of do that final kick the tires and, and the salesperson that's there has no idea um, and can't really offer any more information about the product that they're trying to buy. That's incredibly frustrating. Um, and, and by the way, that kind of brings forth all of the tablet and store-based applications that retailers are starting to equip their salespeople with so they can be as knowledgeable um, as any consumer that walks in the door about any product that's in the, in the store. Um, and I would say the other thing is that they want things fast and they want things when they want them. You know, it's, there's, when you walk down the streets in New York, I live in New York, there's, the stores are open, um, you know, and late into the night, you can get a burger almost, or a slice of pizza almost any time of, of day. And consumers are getting used to this, you know, on-demand world, and they want that from from their from their for shopping, they want that for shopping. So, you know, whether it's ordering their groceries and having them delivered in a matter of a couple hours, or or whatever product they want, vending machines, being able to kind of go and grab the product in a convenient location, all of those things are are driving some of these innovations that you hear retailers are are bringing to market. Veronica, it's been great having you on the show and uh, hearing all these perspectives. Not to put you on the spot, but you know, maybe as a last question, where do you see things going, you know, say over the next five years? What are the things that people really need to keep uh, top of mind that are sort of up and coming? We talked about logistics. So I think you're going to see more and more same-day delivery, even faster, you know, within an hour, within a, within a matter of a couple of hours. That You're already seeing that. And I think it's just going to become more and more um, the new normal. I think you are going to get to a true unified commerce experience. I, I see that retailers are figuring it out. And I think even with things like GDPR, protecting consumer privacy, I think if retailers figure out how they can deliver an amazing customer experience, the consumers will opt in and you'll be able to understand how online in-store relates. And then not only that, but like deliver that personalized experience when they walk in the store. Hey, welcome back, Paul. It's great to see you. I know last time you bought these sneakers. Would you like to get another pair of sneakers or are you looking for something else to buy that goes with them? 
you know, that kind of experience is going to be real in, in, in sooner than we can imagine. Um, I think killer consumer experiences are going to become the new normal. I, I don't, I think retailers that can't deliver on a great consumer experience are just going to go away. And the retailers that can will be the ones that have the, the crazy customer loyalty that keeps um, generating business. And then we didn't talk about this as much earlier, but I do think it's a really important point. I think new brands will rise and I think some of the old ones will fall. You see some of the new brands that are coming on the market, um, Glossier in the beauty category, Warby Parker in the glasses category. Um, There's a number of fashion brands that are coming to market. All of those companies, it's not just that they're bringing new products, they're creating new experiences and those new experiences are are delighting their customers, have incredible word of mouth. And I think in the end, you know, if the traditional brands are not keeping up, they're going to become less relevant and these new brands are going to dominate the industry. And you see that, not that Victoria's Secret's going away, but you see that with brands like Third Love coming into the lingerie industry and really kind of crushing it from an e-commerce perspective. And and it's starting to make an impact on a company like a Victoria's Secret, for example. So I think there's going to be winners and losers in the in the world of brands, and it'll be interesting to see who adapts and and is still around and and who doesn't, and you know is is no longer part of the equation. But it's going to be exciting. This is going to, there's a lot of change happening, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that. Uh... I did see a quote that we'll see more changes over the next, you know, five years than over the past 25 years um, with retail. So I, I think that that's true, not only with retail, but probably a lot of fields. In any case, it has been wonderful having you on the show. Thanks for sharing your insights. It's always amazing when I listen to you. You have so much knowledge of uh, what different brands are doing, how they're approaching the markets, being able to compare and contrast that. So it's, uh, it's great to get that wisdom from you. If uh, people wanted to learn more about you, they would go to Chameleon Collective. Is that right? Yeah, they, could, they can go to Chameleon Collective. They can follow me on Twitter at Bisantev. I'm pretty accessible on, on all social networks. Awesome. Well, great. Well, again, thanks for joining the show today. And uh, thanks for, again, sharing your thoughts and insights. Thank you, Paul. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Rethink Retail. For all the latest news on commerce and trends, join the discussion, rethink.industries retail.